Welcome to the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arzu Babri. In this community, we embark on a journey towards self-discovery in order to reclaim our sovereignty and live a life rich in connection, meaning, and purpose. Welcome back, friends. I hope that you are all feeling at peace and content. I'm really excited to share this week's episode with you because I feel as though it can be a very eye-opening topic. So what I would like to discuss in today's episode is how the unnatural routine and lifestyle that we have been taught to follow can be one of the root causes of burnout, fatigue, overwhelm, dissatisfaction, and lack of motivation that many people are facing. And for the sake of this episode, I will refer to all of this collectively as depletion, which really that that is what ends up happening as a result of our lifestyles in that we are depleting ourselves in various aspects of our lives. So as per usual, I will start off with the main contributing factors to this widespread concern and then discuss some ways by which we can begin to move past it. And I contemplated breaking this episode into two parts, but just to keep things cohesive, I decided to just keep it all in one episode. So I encourage you guys to listen to to this episode if you need a couple of times, because I feel as though you might absorb something completely different the second time around. So with that, let's jump right into this week's episode. The first contributing factor to our collective state of depletion is going against the grain of nature. Now, majority of the world's world's population lives completely out of sync with the rhythmic cycle of nature. And one of the ways we do this is with the New Year's celebration. And to explain this point further, we need to consider a brief history of the celebration of New Year to begin. So the idea of a New Year celebration can be traced back to about 4,000 years ago to ancient Babylon. And what we see is that many cultures traditionally celebrated the start of the new year with the spring equinox, which often falls around March 20th or 21st. Now the word equinox means equal night, which signifies that the two days of the year, which this happens being spring and fall, are days when daylight and nighttime are equal in length. And with the spring equinox, we are moving towards a gradual increase in daylight hours. And what we see with nature is that everything represents new beginnings, rebirth and renewal. Everything is blossoming and flourishing. And we have a fresh perspective on life with um, this almost awakening of our spirit. And so traditionally, cultures celebrated the new year when the earth was beginning anew, and some tradition, traditional cultures, including the Persian culture that dates back 3,000 years, still celebrate the beginning of the new year with the spring equinox. And astrologically, as well, the beginning of the new cycle is always with the new moon in March. But what we see with our current lifestyle is that the majority of people know January 1st as their new year. And the historical significance of this is dates back to the Roman calendar, which was a 10 month calendar and it was beginning to fall out of sync with the sun. So Julius Caesar created the Julian calendar, which is very similar to our modern Georgian calendar. And he declared January 1st as the beginning of the new year because the month that month was named after the Roman God of beginnings. So comparing the January 1st new year to the spring equinox new year, we see 
that the beginning of the year is being celebrated in the dead of winter. When most animals go into hibernation, nature represents stillness, there isn't much being harvested, and most of these seasonal vegetables are root vegetables. Again, signifying the depth and darkness of winter. So symbolically, everything about nature is signaling us towards endings. But what we see is that most people are pushing towards New Year's resolutions, building themselves anew, starting fresh, which is really going against the grain of nature because as we see in wintertime, the days are shorter, there is less light, and there's less liveliness within nature, which is symbolizing again that this should be a time where we are resting more, staying warm, and eating more warming foods. But instead, it's This go, go, go vibe where lots of people are starting detoxes and weight loss protocols and so and so on and so forth. And this is why a lot of people end up feeling exhausted. They don't have the urge to do a crazy amount of activity, which makes sense because your innate biological system is very much in sync with nature. So intuitively, you know you should be resting, but instead you end up pushing against your body, which creates long-term burnout fatigue, and dissatisfaction. So really what I want to highlight with this point in particular is that if you have always felt like you need more rest during the winter time, this is completely normal and there's nothing wrong with you. And you can still celebrate New Year's on January 1st, but you don't necessarily have to push forward with all of the hype around New Year's resolutions and new beginnings and things of that nature. The second contributing factor to our collective state of depletion is how we view stress. Some of you might be familiar with this point, but if you were to just observe human behavior across the world, you will notice that people in many of the so-called considered impoverished countries with minimal resources and sometimes living under what we would view as extreme conditions are less stressed and have a better understanding of joy and happiness. And they end up living longer as well than the people in the so-called developed nations. And it all comes down to our perspective on life and more specifically, how we view stress. And a few studies have actually shown that the negative emotions of people of Western cultures show higher levels of pro-inflammatory biomarkers, and specifically something known as interleukin-6, IL-6. And what these studies often demonstrate is that the link between negative emotions and IL-6 may be specific to Western cultures where negative emotions are perceived to be as something that's problematic, which doesn't show up in the Eastern cultures where negative emotions are seen as acceptable and normal. So really what this is showing is that regardless of the hardships that people in Eastern cultures face, they see these events and experiences as more of an inevitable and natural course of life instead of maybe internalizing their life circumstances and making making it a part of their identity. They simply accept the ebb and flow of life. And I personally see a lot of chronic health concerns in my practice, and I can tell you that nearly all health conditions can be traced back to some form of inflammation in the body, caused by many different factors, of course. And if you do your own research, you will find thousands of studies that specifically show that it's not necessarily the stress itself, but how we view the stress that causes negative effects on our body, and often including increased risk of premature death. 
specifically in people experiencing stress who believe that the stress would adversely impact their health. So if you are stuck in a negative stress loop, which is the majority of the population, you end up depleting many different systems in the body and most notably the HPA access, which I discuss more thoroughly in my um, episode on burnout. The third contributing factor to our collective state of depletion is our nonstop hustle culture. So over the years, we have created this never ending cycle. And what we hear most often is people saying that they have no time over and over again. I have no time. I'm too busy. But what is everyone busy with? Because we've developed so many appliances to help speed things up, such as the washing machine, dishwashers and microwaves, and still people don't have time. And I refer to this particular point as the race of time in my Art of Calm episode, but let's elaborate a little bit more on this point because it seems to be plaguing Western society in particular. And because if you take a look, most families across the world can survive off of one income. And even if both partners are working, they aren't working themselves to the point of burnout. But a very interesting point about Western culture is that people are overworking without pause. It's a very kind of go, go, go type culture. And then you escape your life with a vacation and then come back and repeat the same cycle. But if you look around at other cultures and societies, some countries completely shut down for lunchtime. And I remember specifically when I was younger and living with my grandparents, my grandfather would was the sole provider for the family and every lunchtime he would come home from work and my grandmother had a fresh warm home-cooked meal ready for him and after his meal he would take a quick nap before he would go back to work and most of the time he would force us to take a nap with him as well so we wouldn't disrupt him and as soon as we heard him snoring we would quietly escape but most people going back to this point who have traveled to any other part of the world have seen this play at play out this kind of standard of living that takes place where across the board maybe one to two hours all shops close down for a nutritious meal or their lunchtime or their break so really what i'm trying to highlight is that our hustle mentality doesn't allow much room for us to stop and enjoy life on a day-to-day basis and really this lifestyle is not sustainable because your productivity and your motivation decreases over time And most often it forces you into burnout and complete dissatisfaction with life. And I'm sure by now most of you have heard of the saying, the quote unquote American dream, which really talks about regardless of where you come from, you can move up in life and achieve success. But most of the time that success is dictated for us. No one stops to think whose dream they really are chasing after. So further to this point, to bring in more of a physiological connection, Because of this idea of having no time, people often are either eating on the go, which is horrible for digestion because we are shifting out of parasympathetic to a more sympathetic state. And something that a lot of people do is that they purchase things in bulk and meal prep. So they will make a whole week's worth of meals in one day. Now, most of you might not be familiar with with this point, but leftover food And I mean, food should be instantly consumed, if not frozen right away. But so even if it stays left over for one day, it begins to produce something known as histamine, which can have a lot of negative impacts on your health, because as histamine accumulates in the body, you begin to develop an intolerance and you will start to display allergic type symptoms like sinus congestion, hives, headaches, fatigue, digestive issues, anxiety, and dizziness. So the accessibility of food makes it really easy for people to 
eat foods out of season as well, which again is not conducive for our health because there is a reason why certain foods don't grow, certain foods grow in the winter time and others in spring and fall, and they all impact our body differently. And if any of this resonates with you guys and it's upsetting to you, I want to remind you that it's not your fault because I believe it's the entire system that needs to be changed. Maybe collectively we need to figure out something with our entire the entire way that the system functions so that we can lessen work hours in a given day with adequate breaks in between or whatever it may be. So really it's the collective mindset that needs to change because it's what has perpetuated um, this kind of race against time um, that needs to end. The fourth and final contributing factor to our collective state of depletion is how we engage with technology. I don't know how many people realize how stimulating technology actually is, and something that may seem mindless to some is actually using up so much brain power in a variety of different ways. And the most basic level, the issue with technology is that of radiation, but furthermore, the blue light exposure that we are all susceptible to has a negative impact on our body's ability to produce melatonin which results in restless sleep or difficulty falling asleep or maintaining sleep. And then furthermore, the simple act of just scrolling through social media, which I refer to over and over again, you are being exposed to hundreds of images that your brain is trying to process. And then on top of that, each snapshot into someone else's life is bringing up subconscious beliefs that you already have and your brain is attaching stories to it and before you know it this seem seemingly mindless activity has left you completely burnt out and i've actually mentioned this point in the past but our brain does not know the difference between a real or a perceived stressor so if you see an image somewhere that triggers a stress response you are still going to go through the the exact same production of cortisol with the downstream negative impacts on your overall health and specifically your mental health. So not only do we have these devices at hand, but on top of it, they represent a never ending resource of material. So what I was, I was actually talking to a friend of mine last week and we were discussing how as children, we were outside playing most of the time. And I was telling my friends that that this idea of being outdoors and playing, a part of it had to do with the fact that our televisions had a maximum of two channels that played our favorite show or cartoon, right? So you watched your show, then there was really nothing else exciting going on. So you were forced to be creative and use your imagination. So we would be outside on our bikes, playing, falling out of trees, swimming, anything that really helped us expend our energy as children. And I honestly feel so bad for kids these days because they have an unlimited resource in terms of technology. There's YouTube, Netflix, the Disney Channel, and so on and so forth. And it's a never-ending supply. And again, with video games, which a lot of people like to play video games, video games of the past were mainly two-dimensional versus now it's a whole full-blown virtual experience where you are immersed in the game which demands so much from your brain because it's mimicking a real life experience. So there is a serious hyperstimulation of our nervous system that's taking place with, and with this constant stimuli, the negative impacts that we see on our mental health can contribute to or exasperate 
um, conditions such as anxiety and ADHD. And interestingly enough, majority of the most recent research is now starting to point towards exercise and mindfulness practices in helping um, with people who are dealing with ADHD. So all four of the points I've mentioned today, in essence, show how we are either going against the grain or pushing ourselves to extreme limits, all of, and all of which are creating this disharmony in our lives. So with that, let's talk a little bit about some active steps that we can take to implement into our lives that will help in creating more of a rhythmic flow in life. The first of which is learning to balance your focus and determination with rest and rejuvenation. Life really comes down to balance. Everything in nature has its cycles. So if you are a very determined person, you can begin to implement time for rest and rejuvenation alongside your ambitious pursuit of your goals. And whatever that may look like for you, you can implement a self-reflective day at the end of each week or take necessary breaks throughout your day, whatever works best for your own personal constitution. So to show the importance of this point, every aspect of life requires a break. I used to personally run um, long distance every single day, and I would push myself beyond my body's natural limits. And I would notice that I was beginning to run slower and with less stamina. But whenever I started to implement a three day or a week break in between, I would notice that every time I came back to running, my endurance and speed would increase significantly. And the same thing goes with bodybuilders. They build muscle through slowly working their way up to heavier sets, but there's always a break for the muscle fibers to recover and to grow. So we need to learn to recognize when it's time to focus and be determined in life and when our body and mind is asking for rest. The second point is to slow down. If you find that you're always on the go, you can begin by slowing down at least one activity in your day. You don't have to rush through to get to the next activity or point. You can slow down and enjoy the experience. So that could be slowing down on drinking your morning coffee, eating slowly, cooking slowly, and A good reminder is that as long as you're pursuing your purpose and passion, there is no rush and your worth does not depend on the number of things that you accomplish in a a day or in your entire life. You're enough to begin with and you don't need to prove that to anyone. And if you begin to slow down, this allows you to do things more mindfully by connecting to your present activities, whether that's cooking or going on an adventure Instead of trying to capture the moment to share it later on with social on social media with everyone, try to capture the moment for yourself and connect to your senses and really immerse yourself in the experience of being embodied and feeling through your present experiences. The third point is to tune into your heart. This means to be really honest with yourself about what you need and want. So ask yourself, what do I really need at this time? It may take some time to uncover, especially if you are used to having others tell you what you should want or need. But once you get to that point, be very honest with yourself so you can honor your needs and wants and begin to live a more heart-centered and whole life. The fourth and final point is to follow nature's lead. I talk about uh, seasonal living over and over again because each season brings us so many opportunities to improve our mental and physical health. So if this resonates, you can begin 
to live in sync with nature and see where that takes you. And I actually talk about this a lot in my course on um, a much smaller scale in regards to the female menstrual cycle and how you can live an empowered life by following the natural rhythm of your cycle and tuning into what your body needs emotionally and physically. So if you guys are interested in that course, it's jam-packed with information and I feel honestly any woman or even man can benefit from it um, and it would be a great gift for the younger generation as well. And it's available on my website under courses. And I will actually leave a um, link directly to that course uh, for whoever's interested in the show notes. So with that, let's move right into this week's episode prompts. Prompt number one is, what areas of my life are draining my energy? Prompt number two, how can I create more balance between achieving my goals and honoring time for rest? And prompt number three, what does it mean to me to flow with life? All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Sovereign Soul podcast. I really hope this week's episode resonated with all of you and that it was inspiring and enlightening in many different ways. And I also hope that for those of you who are currently feeling hopeless or stuck in your life circumstances, that this gave you enough hope or empowerment to begin to even actively contemplate implementing some changes into your lives. And with that, I wish you guys all a beautiful rest of your week and I will connect with you in a future episode.